0: evening and good Friday to you all. So glad to be here to have this uh, special service with you all this evening as we remember. uh, Good Friday. If you were able to make it to uh, our Thursday service yesterday you were uh, blessed. It was a great time. Travis uh, helped us remember what that supper was with the disciples and it was a really joyous occasion. I also just want to remind you that we are having our Easter services uh, this Sunday, um, 9, 15, and 11. This is not a new thing moving forward, only for Easter. Um, So if you think you're going to sleep in, then don't worry, you can come and check us out at 11 o'clock as well. So we're real excited uh, to bring that message uh, to you this Sunday. But I'm just going to uh, say a prayer for us as we begin this evening, and then we'll get started. So please bow with me. Uh, Dear Lord, uh, we're just so grateful to be here with you this evening, God, uh, as we uh, come together as a family on this Good Friday, uh, just to celebrate, to remember, Lord, uh, your journey, your path, Lord, to that cross, uh, as you uh, take on our sin and our shame, Lord, uh, to give us an opportunity in a new life, Lord. God, I just pray that you bless Travis as he brings us uh, your word this evening. Uh, God, that it would uh, just imprint on us, Lord, and that we would just uh, continue to prepare as we uh, look towards your resurrection here uh, on Sunday. Lord, just bless this time we have this evening in your son. Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You are uh, more than welcome to rise with us as we um, worship this evening.
1: So as you can see, a little bit different than what we would normally do on a Sunday morning, but uh, I'm really excited about uh, this evening's uh, message. Uh, last night was just awesome. Um, if, if you were not able to be here last night, you really missed out on a, a really uh, awesome thing. It was the first time that we've ever done a Last Supper service, uh, something that we will do again Uh, But it was really just a a great evening of coming together and really focusing in on on what that uh, looked like. And and I hope that it was a blessing to you and and that you learned something. Um, As I did all of my studies, um, one of my very good friends, uh, he has his doctorate. And uh, I was messaging him and I said, okay... I just need to run this by you and make sure that I'm not saying anything that's like blasphemous or anything like that. And he was like, no, it's good. And then that evening, he messaged me and he goes, hey, uh, can I run something by you? Because I want to make sure it's not blasphemous. And I went, wait a minute, you're the doctor here. That's kind of scary. Um, but no, it, it's great that we team up and we work together. And uh, so this evening, uh, what we're going to do is we're going we're, we're to look at uh, three different trees, And uh, I don't know about you, but um, trees have always fascinated me. Uh, I've grown up always being around trees. Where where we were at in Ohio, we had trees all over the place. Um, And my grandparents' farm, I think every single tree that was on the property that was more than 20 feet tall had been struck by lightning at one point or another in its existence, Um, And and it was just one of those things that that trees around his house were always struck by lightning. And and, uh, I I remember uh, we were working on the uh, barn and we were up on the roof. We were putting new um, siding on it. We were putting new siding on it. We were putting new uh, metal sheeting on on the roof. And we saw the storm coming in and moving in. And uh, we had a couple of buddies that were helping us out. And it's time to get down. Oh, that storm's a while away. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You've never been to this farm before. I'm um, pretty sure it's cursed. And uh, sure enough, here comes that storm rolling in, lightning everywhere. Get off! Um, my, my grandparents' farm actually burnt down uh, because lightning struck the house. Uh, thankfully, they weren't in it. Uh, they were uh, with my uncle as he was graduating from uh, the Navy. And uh, thankfully, it was, and, and again, something crazy. It actually happened in the middle of a winter storm that lightning struck the house. So uh, back to the wood, though, uh, and, and trees, um, trees have just always just fascinated me. And so what I wanted to do is, I was looking at what we were going to do for a Good Friday service, I said, let's, let's look at some of the different trees that we have in Scripture and the first one that we have is found all the way back in, in Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2, we read of the creation of Adam and all of the, create, uh, all of the, the creatures that were there and, and after Adam is created and all of that is there, God plants this garden and he takes Adam and places him in the garden and tells him to take care of everything. And this is what we read, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. So the first tree that we have is the tree of life. Now one of the interesting things about this tree is this tree was going to remain only for as long as man remained sinless. And that's very important for us to understand. They were allowed to eat of that tree. They were allowed to eat of any other tree uh, that was around. But as soon as sin entered in, that was it. It had to go away. And so because of sin, man was evicted from the garden and the tree was not seen again until Revelation 22. We're going to come back to that later. But in Revelation chapter 22, we're going to see... The tree of life there in heaven, in and amongst another beautiful garden in a beautiful setting, we're going to see the tree of life again. Well, we must realize from the experience of Scripture that sin is not merely a physical act. A lot of times we go, okay, it's a physical act that we have done, and that is sin. And, And here's the thing, while that is true, it's also an act of the will. And that's something that we really have to hone in on, and Jesus really made that clear to us throughout his ministry. He always took things and ramped them up just a little bit. It's not just the suffering, the physical consequences, but it's also the mind and the will. Sin, in the first place, is an act of the will. It's also an act of the heart attitudes. And that was the thing. When Adam and Eve were walking there in the garden, it was the will that said, hey, I I want some of that. And and when we go back and we remember what happened, and, and here's the thing. Each one of us, our sins are all different. And we're all going to be tempted by different things. And that's very important for us to understand in our walk, in our life, we're all going to have different things that will tempt us. It wasn't actually this tree, the the, the tree of of good and knowledge that that Adam was prone to look at and desired, it was Eve. And, And Satan was very good, the serpent was very good, and he watched her as she walked by. And she paid attention to everything that was happening. And and so Satan was paying attention. It was the will. It was the physical act. And it was a heart attitude that we have to always pay attention to. It's interesting that from this time on, we find a theme through Scripture that trees are going to be cursed. And we read about this in Deuteronomy, and then again in Galatians, and Paul actually is referring in Galatians chapter three, verse thirteen. Paul was going to refer back to the Old Testament and this um, law that was written there Galatians three thirteen says, "Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, "Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree." Now this scripture points to the, the fact, the one historical fact, the earth-shattering fact, the sun-stopping event that allowed man to enjoy the presence of this tree all over again. Because of sin, we may never see that tree again, the tree uh, of life. But because of what Jesus chose to do, he chose to go to the cross for you and I. Because he did that. We are able to see that all over again. Remember, the reason why the tree of life was forbidden to Adam and Eve was because of sin. We lost perfection. I want you to imagine what your relationships would be like. With your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your classmates. Imagine... What relationships would look like as you drove up and down I-95 if we lived in perfection? There would be no traffic and it would be awesome. And even if there was, it would be okay because we would all be smiling and happy. That's what perfection would look like. However, we live in a sin-filled world. But I want you just to stop and think about that. What would your social interactions be like if we still lived in perfection. Jesus now finds himself as we move forward into our story from last night. Jesus finds himself in the Garden of Eden. Or, I'm sorry. Jesus finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Make sure I get the gardens right. (laughs) Jesus finds himself amongst another group of trees. He finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane filled with grief. He's been with the disciples. He shared the meal. He's told them to pray. He knows what's about to happen. He knew the pain and the suffering that he was going to have to go through. You can almost hear that pain and anguish in his voice. I, I watched this morning, um, I, I watched The Passion of the Christ. And as I watch it, you can hear in his voice, as he is giving what we read in Luke chapter 22. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now just stop and think about that for a second. We talked about that last night. As he abstains from that last cup that they would have had during the last supper, Jesus knows the cup that is before him. The wrath that has been built up For thousands of years. Is about to be poured out on him. Because of my sin. Because of our sin. And he says father. Please. I don't want to go through this. I mean. Stop and think about the time that you've had to. Discipline your children. And they say to you. They've been bad. They know that they're about to get a spanking. And they say, no, Papa, no, it hurt, Papa, no. Tears, okay? Could you imagine what the father was thinking at that very moment as well? Knowing the cup that he was going to have to pour out on his son. Yet Jesus did that for us. Verse 43 says, And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. In order for your sweat to become like blood, the capillaries have to burst because of the amount of pain that you're in. The stress that you're in. Here's what I want you to truly understand. Jesus deliberately chose the cross for you and for me. He chose the cross for us. Without a shadow of a doubt, I truly believe that this is where our souls began to be one. Yes, he, up to this point, he's been preaching and he's been teaching and he's been setting an amazing example. He has said that he has to go to the cross. But now at this moment, He's going to look out in front of him as he's in the, Garden of, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's up on one mount. There's the Kidron Valley, and up on the other side of the mount is Jerusalem. It's night. Torches. He would have seen the temple guards coming out of the gate. He would have seen them coming down, marching towards him. He knew what was happening. They went into the Kidron Valley, and as they worked their way up... At that moment, he could have said, hey guys, let's go, I'm out. I, I, I can't do it. My will's not strong enough. L- Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they'll put us up. They'll take care of us. Uh, Bethany's only two miles. If we start running now, we can get there before they find out that we've left. Jesus stayed. He stayed And chose for us to go. It would have been easy for him to leave. There are times when it's hard to hear God's voice. And I think Jesus needed to hear God's voice. If ever right now during this moment. Maybe you need to hear God's voice right now this evening. I hope that through this whole, this whole holy week that you've been able to hear the voice of God. Through the devotions, through your prayer time, watching the Passion, being a part of last night's service, tonight, preparing for Sunday morning, I, I, I hope that through all of that you've been able to hear the voice of God, but you may be saying, Travis, I, I don't. I, I don't know where he's at. Sometimes we just need to be silent and allow him to speak to us. As we discussed last week on Palm Sunday, the the Jewish leadership was more determined than ever to find a way to get rid of Jesus. The, the crowds loved him, right? We've been talking about that. The, the crowds absolutely loved Jesus. They, the, the crowds were just pouring out for Jesus. They were the ones crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. They were, they were laying out their cloaks. They were, they were cutting palm branches. They were laying them out before Jesus. I mean, the crowd loved Jesus. They had seen all of the things that he had done. But these religious leaders, they were going to do anything and everything they could to find a way to put Jesus to death. And they felt that this was now their time. And so Jesus is going to be led out of the garden. He's going to be taken into Jerusalem in chains. And, and while he's there, he's arrested. They're trying, the, all of the, the religious leaders, they want to find a way to lock Jesus up. And they want to find a way to put him to death. So they went out looking for people to give testimony against Jesus. Matthew chapter 26 verse 59 says this, now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none. Now if you keep reading, there were people that gave complete false testimony against Jesus. But they went out looking for people to give testimony of the bad things that Jesus did. And they couldn't find any that would give testimony against him. The night must have been completely exhausting for Jesus. It's Friday morning now. Jesus has entered the last 12 hours or so of his life. It's going to only get worse. He's going to be before the Jewish council. He's going to go before Pilate. Pilate's going to say, I don't... That's not me. Sends him off to Herod. He goes before Herod. Herod says, I don't want anything to do with him. Sends him back to Pilate. And Pilate's going to be the one that's going to be the ultimate decider of what happens with Jesus. And in all of this, we're introduced to a second tree in this story. It's the tree of Judas. Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 through 5 says... Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. Judas realized... What he had done. Judas started out with, in his mind, really good motives. They were all, and we've talked about this, they were all expecting a king in the line of David that was going to come and take them out of oppression. Going to defeat Rome. And they were going to set there, and they were going to set up the earthly kingdom right then, right there. And, And Judas, I believe in his mind, thought... Maybe Jesus just needs a little push. He keeps talking about death. He keeps talking. I'm going to force his hand. I've seen the many great things that he has done. I'm going to push him to make him do this. And then he realized that that wasn't what Jesus had planned at all. Jesus was remorseful. Peter, he denied Jesus. Peter was remorseful, but Peter was also repentant. But in this case, Judas was sad, but he didn't do anything about it. And he was so guilt-ridden that he went and hung himself on a tree. When we're tempted, when we're pushed beyond what we believe we can hold when we're saddened by our sin, what do, you, what do we do with it? Are we lazy? Do we take the easy road? A lot of people will. You know, betrayal is done for many different reasons. Betrayal is done for social acceptance. Peter betrayed Jesus by denying him three times because he was scared. He, he said, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't know that guy. Why did he say that? Because he was scared that he might be next. He was scared for his own life, so he, he denied Jesus. He, he was scared. We have to be careful that we don't get caught up in emotional highs and emotional lows. That's what happened with The whole crowd that was one week ago yelling, Hosanna, 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 and laying their palm branches out and laying their cloaks out. They're the same people that are going to be saying, Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Peter emotionally was so upset that he denied Jesus because he was scared. Judas goes out and hangs himself. Peter was scared. Judas wanted to force Jesus. Pilate, he just wanted to keep his job. Pilate was scared of all of the people that were around him. And so when Pilate he was he was there and he could, he could, he had the power to set Jesus free. He didn't want to kill Jesus. That's why he had him scourged. He had him flogged, he had him beaten so that he could then be set free. But it wasn't enough for the crowd. He wanted to keep his job. You know, we know from history, Pilate didn't keep his job job too much longer. He wanted to keep his power. He wanted to be the governor um, there in Jerusalem for a very long time. We know from history he didn't keep it. Luke chapter 23, verses 18 through 24 says, But they all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection, started in the city for and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed, so Pilate decided decided that their demand should be granted. Matthew 27 verse 26 says, Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Now we read those words, flogged, beaten, scourged, they don't really hold much meaning to us. I I remember the the young man, you you may have remembered this, um, that was over in Singapore, was chewing gum, and was flogged, was beaten with a reed. He was actually from Dayton, Ohio. I don't claim him. But that was very painful. You know, when we think about, oh, he was beaten with the rod, you know, some of you remember having to go out to the tree and pick your own switch? And you knew that if you picked that one, it was way too small and you would just be sent right back out, right? But if you picked that one, that one would break your back. And you know your mom and dad were inside the whole time laughing, knowing The pain that you were in trying to figure out which one you wanted to choose. This was serious, though. They used the reeds. They were very flexible, like the end of a rod tip of a fishing pole. And if you've ever been smacked with one of those, they hurt too. And those were used just to soften the skin up. For what was going to happen later which was the cat of nine tails pieces of bone glass maybe some metal with very sharp edges that would gouge into the skin most people didn't make it through that part most people died from that alone it wasn't usually being scourged, being beaten, being flogged, and then being crucified. You usually didn't make it to crucifixion. To tell you how horrible it would have been, people say that, um, historians say that these types of beatings that would happen, especially with a cat of nine tails, even your internal organs could be showing. That's what Jesus chose for you, for me. Some deaths are quick and noble. This one was neither. It's one thing to kill someone. It's another to mock them, to humiliate them prior to killing them. And that brings us to the third tree the tree that Jesus is going to hang on. Jesus talked a lot about loving your enemies, didn't he? He said to love one another. He said to love God and to love one another. He said that he was the only way. He showed it a lot. He talked about it a lot. But in the instance of when he makes it to Golgotha and they are going to be hanging him on the cross nailing him to the cross he says father forgive them for they do not know what they do <laughs> could you imagine what that would have been like i can hear the the hammer hitting the nail Jesus puts his words into action. Who's the soldiers in your life? Who do you need to extend forgiveness to right now? Maybe you're the one holding the hammer to the nail and you need to seek that forgiveness. It was midday and there was complete darkness for about three hours. I don't know about you, but when I read through the scriptures, I can feel that darkness. I can feel it deep inside, heaviness, despair, emptiness, confusion. The death of Jesus shattered the very belief the disciples had of who Jesus was. I want you just to try to imagine the emotions of watching Jesus hang on the cross. Mary and Mary are there. John is there. The rest of the disciples, they're gone. They're already hiding out. Judas has hung himself on the cross. For them, this was the end. This was it. but here's what I want you to hold on to. This is what I want you to remember. While Friday was dark and Friday was hard, Sunday's coming. All of the pain, all of the despair, everything that is dark in your life, I want you to remember that Sunday's coming. Because we serve a Lord, we serve a God that's going to blow a two-ton stone completely to smithereens. He's gonna walk out of that grave. That's the God that I serve. And I'm so, I am so thankful that I know him as my Savior. Here in just a moment, we're we're gonna take communion again. We have it on the back stations, over on the sides. I encourage you to go ahead and, and, and go get that. Whatever you're holding on to right now, whatever emotions you have right now, I want you to let it go. I want you to give it up to the Lord. In Romans chapter 6, this is the message um, version, we read, could it be any clearer our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ a decisive end to that sin miserable life no longer at sins every beck and call what we believe is this if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death we also get included in his life-saving resurrection We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word you are dead to sin and alive to god that's what jesus did that means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives don't give it the time of day don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time remember You've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. I'm going to pray for us for communion, and then we're going to sing three more songs, all looking forward to Sunday. To the fact that Jesus, he died for us on Friday, but he is going to walk out of that grave. He's going to walk out and he's going to defeat sin, he's going to defeat Satan, and he is going to offer us that opportunity to live for him. I want to take you back to that first tree one last time. Revelation chapter 22, do you know what we're told there? He says, after we read about the tree of life and how beautiful it's going to be and oh, it's going to be awesome. He says these words, behold, I am coming soon. That's what we hold on to. He's coming back for us. So whatever you have going on in your life right now, I want you to lay it at the foot of the cross. Allow that burden to be lifted because I want you to know that he loves you. He went to the cross for you. Jesus paid our price. He died the death that we should have died so that we can live. Let's pray. Gracious Father, I thank you for this evening and the time that we can come and we can worship you. Father, whether we're sitting in this room, whether we're watching on our couch, we're listening on our drive home from work, wherever we find ourselves, right now, Father, that we will just lay all of our burdens before the feet of the cross. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your son. I thank you that he came and he was accursed for me. That he hung on that cross so that I could live. And Father, I look forward to Sunday. I look forward to what Resurrection Sunday truly means. The fact that you are alive. No other person, no other in all of human history can say it. There's been a lot of other deities, but they're all dead. They're all statues. But you raised your son from the dead, and he is sitting at your right hand. And I am thankful for that gift. So, Father, as we partake of this communion, allow us to remember. Allow us to look inside, to look back, and to look forward. We pray this in your Son's most holy and precious name. Amen.
0: in our worship this evening. that the truth? Can I get an amen? Now there's still a little bit left here. Alright. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too.
2: If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. If you walked out of the grave, Into if you walked out of the grave, walk into.
0: Take that punishment, take that pain, though it wasn't yours, Lord, because you loved us so much, Lord. God, I just pray that we take that with us, that we remember that and that we share that message, Lord, that no matter what someone does, where they are in life, God, that they're not too far gone for your love, for your precious gift of a second chance. God, who is that one more that we have, Lord? God, I just pray that we reach out to that person, that family, that we get them here on Sunday. There's no better time than now, Lord. Lord, we just ask your blessing. In your son, Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Go and be blessed.